0: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Now, a book that really caught my attention, landed on my desk a few weeks ago, is written by Laura DeBarra, well known as the Gaff Goddess. But Laura's new book this time round focuses on clothing and is called The Garmin Goddess. And I'm delighted to say Laura DeBarra joins me to talk about her new book. Uh, Good morning to you, Laura.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well,
1: it's great to talk to you. I tell you, I have read this book from cover to cover. And as I was reading it, I wish my late mother was alive because she always said, buy well and wear well. And so much of this advice is how our mothers and grandmothers lived, isn't it? Particularly things like repairing clothes.
2: Yeah, and a lot of people have said that to me. And a lot of people actually came to the events last week with their mothers Uh. (coughs) or their grandmothers, because I think like, A lot of the work I do is doesn't matter what age you are. It's kind of the sentiment behind it. So it's been really nice hearing so many stories about how people would have loved it, you know, because I think these days we're going back to that make, mend and repair. I think during lockdowns, we learned some of the stuff in our homes need our help to last a bit longer. So I think our brains have switched a little bit into wanting to do more stuff ourselves.
1: Does the whole world of fast fashion really sadden you?
2: It does. I but I understand why it got to where it was because I was working in fashion at the time, and it it's difficult because I think the the biggest thing that I that saddens me about it is the customer that has been most affected by it, and that's somebody who's shopping at the lower end price in high street. We used to design coats, kids' coats, and um you know entry level jackets for people for winter. And we ended up having to put the fast fashion in at that price level. And it really took accessibility away from a lot of people shopping on the high street. That was one of the hardest parts of of it for me to digest. Really, you know, like the landfill then comes next. And the way we're basically kind of destroying the world through our consumption. But I must say how it actually took accessibility away from so many people when people started wanting cheaper fashion garments. That was definitely hard to swallow. Is it one of the reasons you left the fashion industry? Yeah, I when we were um It was about 2015, 16, when, like, what we used to do is we'd watch all the catwalks, figure out all the trends, travel to different cities, and then we'd be like, right, we're doing the black pole neck we do every year, but we're going to add a gold button on it because that's what's in fashion. That's how it usually works. You're kind of putting together all the trends, presenting it to buyers. And then it started getting to the stage where they were just showing us a picture on Instagram saying, this celebrity's worn this, can you get this to us in eight weeks? And that wasn't really design. And then you get the feeling, well, that customer is not going to want to be wearing that for a long time. It just became a bit like not designed. It was more just it was less fashion, more shopping. And then when you started to realize that like a lot of the customers who are going into a high street store to buy their winter coat for, you know, 10 or 15 pounds, that all of a sudden was going to be like a stonewashed rhinestone denim long jacket that was only going to be worn once and it just felt a bit murky. So I ended up just leaving because it just wasn't what it was before for me.
1: Well, well so when you're, when you're heading out to buy, to buy and, I, and I think from now on, having read your book, I'll, I'll never pick up an item without strongly thinking oh. about it and <laughs> examining every detail uh, of it. it. It's not necessarily price. It's, it's quality for you, isn't it? It's quality is what we should be looking at.
2: Yeah, like I buy most of my clothes uh, secondhand or high street. Like I don't exactly have the world's largest budget. So I. this is aimed at anyone shopping for anything, even if you are going in to buy a designer garment, if you're going into a store, like sometimes you'll even spot bad production there. So I take the customer like through the journey of from hanger to hamper is what I call it. Like when you're on the shop floor, everything to look for, like before the changing room, even just when you're on the shop floor. You know the way you'd see like my grandmother would often like, she'd she'd know what she was looking for in the fabric, the stitching, the composition. But if she was examining clothes now that are manufactured now, I think she'd be in disbelief because there's stages skipped in productions. There's loads of illustrations in the book. like, if you see this, that's not going to last a long time. But it also allows people to say like, okay, I'm buying this top as my going out top that I want to have for years. I'm okay with it not being able to be washed a lot because I'm not wearing it a lot. So instead of kind of shaming people or telling people they can't shop or they can't do this and that, it's more helping you match the garment to the intention for the garment. So like you're able to spot like stitching, finishing, skipped production steps, dyes, the way the fabric sits, how the fabric's made, what it should be made of. And then you're able to apply it to your life then instead of being told what you should do, basically.
1: You, you're a big fan of wearing and buying men's clothes for yourself. Yeah. Explain the yeah. rationale behind that. I am literally sp- talking to you
2: right now from a full men's wear outfit. <laughs> 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 um, and even my winter coat is men's. So I went from women's wear to men's wear. Um, like at the end of my career in fashion, I was head of menswear and when I first moved over I was like hang on a second like these both are going into this the store at the same price point why is the men's one way better fabric why are we doing more stitches around the armhole why has it got this finish and it was always just said to me like oh the men won't buy it if it's not like that and then I was like well it's not always men buying the clothes and like you know I feel like when I say to my husband he can't get over it when I'm like this is the crew neck jumper from the women's wear section and he's just like this is so bizarre like I think most men will agree, like, why is that even a thing? But it just is a thing. And when I go buy something that's a bit plainer, that's more of a unisex item, let's say for me, I wear a lot of casual clothes to work. I'll always buy menswear. They're just better made. It's roomier. Like if you have like more than an A cup boob, like it's much room. It's much roomier because there's this expectation of movement in menswear, much more movement um and when you're designing as well they're really strict in men's wear whereas women's wear they kind of have this thing of like i always say my my husband wears the same suit to every wedding and there's this weird expectation on me to be wearing a different outfit all the yeah, time yeah yeah you know which look that has to change you know i i don't mind repeating it like i'll wear a different earring if i'm feeling fancy but like i think <laughs> um you know there is an expectation that men's clothes will be worn more than women's so they tend to put you know, more effort into it. And I think if you talk to any man, they'll agree that they don't see it. Like, you know, they're like, well, we would prefer if the clothes were as well made for women because then we could wear them longer. So I would always, if you're going shopping now on Saturday and you're like, I want to get a nice crew neck jumper like I live in crew neck jumpers go to the men's wear department pick up one go to the women's wear department also the men's sizes are all in centimeters so let's say for me I always know like my chest is like the biggest part of me like of my upper body like I have that measurement written down and I'll just match the jumper to that and then I don't even need to try it on if I don't have time or I don't want to. And it's just a lot of it's a much easier way to shop. You can shop to your measurement and you don't even know what size it is. Yeah. Is and it's,
1: it's interesting when you say uh, measurement, a lot of women get fixated on the size. Oh, I have to be a perfect mm-hmm. 10. And you say go for the fit rather than the size. Yeah. Like
2: it's almost beaten into us that like sizing is like you're good if you've got a lower size, you know, like I think I grew up in that millennial stage where like there was a circle of shame on magazine covers. You know, like our bodies were seen as something that we could use to like be better than people. I find it really strange, you know, like so when um, I was working in fashion and there's a big section of this on the book, why sizing became how it is. And when you actually read through it, you're like, oh, it's got absolutely nothing to do with our body. And it's all about cost and using the wrong samples sizing and speeding up production and not using fit models as often so it's actually got nothing to do with someone's body it's because people are just trying to get clothes out quicker so i would always go for fit which i think brands need to come to around to the to the menswear sizing where inches centimeters you know like the small medium large is a step forward but like i think they need to get into measurement and we need to just learn our widest measurements because i'll go in and buy a, like a pair of jeans from a brand and even that same brand, their size 12s so will be two different sizes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we've like, all, we've <laughs> all, we've all know. And it's so frustrating. It is just so yeah. frustrating. I loved the section on uh, washing clothes and, and looking after and, and, and minding our clothes. Do we overwash our clothes, Laura Debara? We do. I'm also so glad you liked that section because yeah. it's one of my favourites. <laughs> yeah.
2: We do. I think that's another thing that like where, how they can bring like shame into the domestic sphere, really. Like we're told that we're never clean enough, you know, like it's kind of like this shame thing that we should be washing and we should be smelling of washing. But that's not really how washing smells. <laughs> it's kind of chemicals. And like I have a friend when they moved to the I live in London, when they moved to the UK, they were like, I can smell people's laundry. Like, we don't have that where I live. Like, it's really strong. And I was saying, oh, it's like a marketing thing here. You know, like, you're always told that, like, you should be overwashing. But every time you wash a garment, it reduces the quality of the garment. So, like, for example, if you've jumpers right now, knitwear, don't wash them that often. Wear a cotton T-shirt underneath and wash that. Like, that means you're not going to harm the garment with your body. Like, my fake tan and my deodorant isn't going to go in it or my sweat. So, a lot of it is just wearing... Be clever what you wear under things that you don't want to wash often and then things that you do need to wash often and you wear often like your underwear, T-shirts, shirts and stuff. Make sure they're cotton and they can hack the washing a bit more. And then temperature, like we are cool wash, like 30 degrees is not a cool wash. We've been duped into that. It's 30 degrees like you'd be happy on our holidays, you know, like so I think we need to remember that fades, dies. It will decrease the elasticity. You know, the stretch in your jeans, yeah, you feel like yeah. you have a saggy bump, that's from washing it on too hot a temperature and washing it too often. And fast washes are really bad for our clothes. Fine for children's wear if you need it back quickly, because a lot of children's wear are natural fibers. But our clothes shouldn't be on fast washes. It just warps them. And always close your zips. I can never say that enough. Close your <laughs> zips when you wash.
1: <laughs> Again, I remember my mother mother saying that. I always <laughs> close the zips. And the and the I the the one I hundred percent know the tumble dryer. And when you see mm-hmm. all the lint that comes off, you're thinking that's all the fabric coming out of my clothes.
2: It is, and you would be shocked at what comes out when you wash your clothes. So like we just don't see it because the filter doesn't catch it in the same way. So when you have a synthetic fiber, there's these microplastics that come off them and a lot of times people switch off as soon as I say that because they're like, oh, like they feel like it's too sustainable or like it's like I'm preaching about recycling. But if I was to tell you it from the point of view that you've spent 20 quid on that jumper, and it's reducing in weight every time you wash it. You can buy these bags. Um, they're, they're not like like lingerie bags. They're like guppy bags, they're called. And when you wash a synthetic garment in it and then you put your hand inside the bag, you can see all the lint inside. The so washing actually removes more, if not the same amount as a dryer. We just whoa, don't see it. Whoa,
1: whoa. Yeah. Uh, and if you had a way, I think you would ban fabric conditioner. I know. I always feel like they're going to come (laughs) after me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, someday they're going to be like, "Have you been bitching about me?" So, um, basically, you. I would love if people realised, or if if people matched their use of fabric softener to their garment. That's the main message I'd like to get out there. Because my friends, some of my friends absolutely love the smell of it. So I'm like, wash a handkerchief in it and stick it on the inside of your coat, and you can smell it all day long. But you're not covering your coat. This beautiful wool in this oily residue that doesn't come off. Fabric softener is designed to stay on. But there's a section in the book that talks you through why fabric softener was invented, what it's supposed to be used for. And a lot of fabric softeners, if you turn them around, they'll tell you not to be used on terry, which is toweling. And it's always towels in the adverts. So anything that you use for absorption, so your sheets or your towels or your work shirt or cotton T-shirt, anything that you're, sw- you're going to sweat onto that you need the sweat to be released and no odours to come out, shouldn't have fabric softener on it because it takes away the absorbency of the garment or the fabric.
1: That's incredible. That's incredible. I think I, I certainly I was rereading that bit going, am I reading this uh, right? And I do, <laughs> I, do, I do agree with your tip for the, the cup of vinegar. That's that, That's vinegar. amazing in, in a wash. It's so good.
2: And then also like if you have, you know, like when you've like kids school shirts and you get the kind of ring around the neck mm. or like that. Basically, we have different sweat glands in our anywhere that grows hair and anywhere that doesn't. And it makes it a more lipid rich, yellowier sweat. Vinegar is great for that as well. It just its so acidic. It can chomp through it. It loves eating any of our body
1: stains, any protein stains in the body. <sighs>
2: I know, I love it. That. I'm obsessed with it <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and we've unfortunately, I think we're a generation that have lost the knack of picking up a needle and thread. You have a really good section to get people back to uh, basics for us all to learn, to mend. Or, you know, or if you think it's all above you, go into a local seamstress even. Because we, we have a tendency mm-hmm. to have a clue how to sew a button on. You know, a simple thing. And you go through all of that in the book.
2: Yeah, because I think like I'm always like, you know, there's no shame in not knowing. Like somebody who doesn't know to sew a button will know 10 other things I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't even think it's a skill that we were forced into having. Same when I wrote my DIY book. It's like there's no shame in it. But there are things that would be really helpful and save us money if we knew. So a lot of modern made clothing have the same problems. Buttons fall off, zips fail, rips in coat pockets, hems fall, side seams So I've just covered those rather than giving people a hefty home economics book (laughs) because I feel like people be like, I don't want this. So instead I teach you even how to sew, just like thread a needle because sometimes people don't look at a sewing tutorial because they're like, I don't know how to thread the needle properly. So I teach you like even during my fashion degree, like we were up 3 a.m. What's the quickest way we can thread a million needles? So I just think like we just start small in that, and then you can. The world is your oyster, and how much you want to sew after that.
1: That's fantastic. It's a, that's a brilliant section uh, on it as well. Uh, by the Thank way, you. are you? Do you shop online, or are you? Do you like to go in in person and and see the garments?
2: It depends. Like, I basically because I buy a lot of secondhand clothing, I tend to go. There's a lot of vintage shops here in London and markets and stuff like that, um, where I will examine on them. But I'll know from the description, and I never have any hassle even emailing a brand and saying, can you give me the measurements across the chest? Can you give me this? Can you? Because every time you send an email and you make customer services answer a question, if they get enough of them, they put it into the online description. So, like, it's a good thing to be asking those questions. And what I don't like to do is return I just, you know, like it's not a very sustainable thing to be doing—is buying loads and returning them because often they don't end up even going back to the brand. They, get they go to land. They sale. go to landfill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They go to landfill, and you're also like you know, Brendan Courtney says it, um, calls it like frock blocking, like you're stopping someone else getting that size. But some people have to, and there's no judgment there. There's absolutely no judgment. Some people are between sizes and the brand isn't being honest with their sizing. So like online, I have a section in the book that tells you how to shop online, like how I would examine stuff. Um, But anytime I'm buying eBay, I buy a lot of like, you know, suiting is great on eBay and every seller will chat away to you they will you know they'll send you more pictures close-ups and what I do is I measure if I'm going to buy let's say a blazer I'll measure another blazer that I have that I love the fit of and then I will make sure that it matches those measurements at those key points and then that will help me it teaches you how to measure yourself in the book as well at the key points because not everyone to the way everyone's like oh measure your waist measure your hips some people's don't don't go in at their waist and some people's waist is wider than their hip you know what I mean like it's it, it, it's all relative to you. So it teaches you how to shop for yourself rather than shop for Inverticom as the average person.
1: OK, well done. Some comments uh, coming in. Uh, Maura says, it is amazing to hear a person with the brain. Laura is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and then, hi, Thank Patricia. <laughs> I used to work in Harrods of London and one of our customers was a lady, somebody from the north of England. One day when she popped down to London, she called into our department in Harrods. She wanted to purchase a blouse to match her skirt. She informed us that the skirt was 20 years old and would be worn for many more years. One of the girls expressed surprise of the skirt's durability and the lady declared in her upper class tones that it was important to buy classics. Always get classics. Her words struck home and I've never forgotten her excellent advice. And someone else says, hi hey Patricia, I've just sewed the wire that came out from the back of my bra. I've just sewed it back in. <laughs> well done.
2: An icon. An uh, icon well done, bloody wires. Well done. They always come out. <laughs> oh, and
1: God, they can be so painful when they do. Listen, the so book it, The book is terrific. It is by Gil Books. It is The Garment uh, Goddess by Laura uh, DeBarra. And it's a beautiful quality book as well, isn't it? It's a hardback, really lovely quality. Uh, well wow. done to you on it. Well done. Well done. Listen, pleasure talking Thank to you, uh, Laura.
2: Thanks
1: a and thanks a million. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye. That is the wonderful uh, Laura DeBarra uh, joining us this morning. Garment uh, Goddess, a terrific read. And I am normally a great advocate that I pass on books. I love to share books, particularly books that I get in here to the radio to review. And I'll always pass them on uh, to people and say, oh, you've got to read this. It's a great book. This is one book I'm keeping. <laughs> I've decided. Because it's almost like a reference book. It's the kind of a book I know I'm going to, dip in and out of and go, she won't. And Laura said something about that, and it's 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 like a kind of a Bible. It's a fantastic book, well worth the read. Planning for your
0: next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials
2: you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day
1: returns. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky, soft, and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to
0: improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oceamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.